Ooh, ooh, that was an aggressive clap. <laughs> it was a really satisfying one. It it was one of those claps that's really loud, but it doesn't really hurt your hands at all. Hmm. It was really satisfying. You got, you, you got the pocket. Yeah, I got the pocket perfectly. <laughs> Mister Mister E would be proud of me. That's right. <laughs> this man could have been a drum major. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm in a I'm in a new apartment. Mm-hmm. It's very like well, it's kind of sad in some ways. I <laughs> we've oh, done nothing wow. with our living room. Currently, in the living room is one lamp and our internet <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, otherwise, a single it's lamp. completely empty. I'm just picturing my living room with just a lamp and my internet stuff. And it looks really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like neither of us had any furniture. We were pretty confident that like we're here for a year and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my roommate, he's from India, but uh, he's planning on uh, most likely moving back after the lease is up here. He's just kind of doing a year of work here and wants to move back and work uh, at home. Okay. And, you know, odds are I'll be you know, looking to change places or whatever, uh, either to, if Aaron's up in San Francisco or something, maybe try and start working on getting towards there or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we did feel the need yet, if ever, to put anything in there, to buy anything to put in there. So it's if just, ever? If ever. So you yeah. might live there for a year with nothing in the living room? I mean, maybe I'll end up putting a chair in there, but yeah. I don't know. I put money into, like, I got a very comfy desk chair for myself. Like, my desk <laughs> setup is very nice right now. Mm-hmm. And I like what I've done with my room so far. Granted, <laughs> I, uh, you know, only wanted to throw so much money right away on places to put things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just have stuff and you want to be able to have it someplace. It's not just in a box like yep. most of it's been, but then you have to get things to just put stuff on. Even if it has no other use other than just to place things on it. Yeah, just dumb horizontal surfaces. Yeah. So right now I have like my hat and a framed picture sitting on the cardboard box that my bed frame came in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really, really dumb horizontal surfaces. I mean, it works. the level of cardboard boxes. (laughs) I wasn't going to do anything else with the cardboard box. Recycle it? Well, we haven't... I guess reusing it is better than recycling. Yeah, I mean, we'll end up recycling stuff eventually. We have a lot of boxes sitting in our quote-unquote dining area just outside the kitchen uh, because it's been raining more or less nonstop. So, like, (laughs) we haven't bothered to go walk wet cardboard to the rain or anything. It's fine where it is right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... And some boxes we want to still just keep, like, the the lamps that we bought from Walmart or this type where you just kind of screw the tubes together. So it's pretty oh, easy yeah. to take apart, and then it's nice to have a box to put it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, hmm, it's been an adjustment, I guess. But I have my own bathroom, which is nice. It's the first time in wow. my life. I guess so. Now that I think about it, I never had my own bathroom at home, and then I went to college and lived in dorms. Yeah, for three years, then shared a bathroom with Max uh, last year. 
and I've been living in a house where I share a bathroom. So yeah, first time I've ever had my own bathroom. <laughs> it's a big accomplishment, Mark. Yeah, then I had to remember all the bathroom things that people get, you know, like yeah, a, like a shower curtain mm-hmm. and a and a bath mat and yep. stuff like that. That I just like there are just so many things right up front where I went to Walmart twice the day that I moved in. Mm-hmm. And I've gone to Target as well since and just just a lot of little things that you just don't remember until you're just like, oh, that's right. I do need trash bags, don't I? <laughs> like a plunger. You want a plunger, Mark. I haven't done that yet. You should do that before you need it. Well, I, I agree with that, but you know, it's it's a probability game and so far I'm I'm hedging. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when I decide that I need to clean my toilet for my first visitor, I'll go out and get a plunger. <laughs> oh, God. I hope you have a visitor soon. <laughs> I probably will. Aaron will probably come in like a month or two. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But yeah, there's just a lot of things. I still need to get a bunch of cleaning supplies and, mm-hmm. you know, everything in here except for our bathroom floors and the kitchen floor is carpet. Okay. So getting like a cheap vacuum. Yep. Would probably be worth it. There's just there's just so many little things to think about that I never really had to. Especially because last year, uh, with Max and Andy, they had been living in an apartment before. So they brought, <laughs> like, everything. <laughs> yeah, they had all the apartment living stuff, and you just got to come along for the ride. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, but it's been good so far. Although I do feel kind of bad, and I feel very self-conscious uh, podcasting. I felt really bad when I was podcasting with uh, Jack and Mikhail on Saturday. Because the way that I... Just the way that my room is set up and where the outlets are and stuff, I, I've ended up <laughs> placing my desk so that my microphone is facing directly into his room. Oh. <laughs> and I can't... And it's hard to tell if, like... Like, when I talked to Jack and Mikhail, I was like, oh, was that... Was that loud? Like, could you hear me? He's like, no, like, you're fine. And most of the time I have, like, headphones in or whatever. And I was like, I believe you, and I would feel the same in general, but I just can't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know you how can't... thin the walls are. I just really can't tell <laughs> how loud I am, and I'm trying to be very quiet. Yeah. But also, like, this this uh, <laughs> apartment is very echoey. There's just something mm-hmm. about the space and the whatever the walls are made out of that makes it feel mm-hmm. way more echoey. Like, I've, I scared myself the first time. I was talking <laughs> to my parents out, out in the living room, which, of course, is also completely empty. Uh, just a big open space, and it just echoed crazily. And it was just, yeah. I just, I'm not used to that. It was very weird. Oh, that's uh, funny. So I don't know if my voice is just like at the resonant pitch of all the rooms in here or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the other adjustment. It's just <laughs> feeling awkward doing this and like paying attention to my levels and getting really close to the mic <laughs> so that I can just kind of talk a bit more quietly but still get the volume. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I Ever since I've moved into my apartment... I still honestly have no idea if I'm that loud, annoying neighbor or not. (laughs) Because I have no reference for how loud of a neighbor I've been. Um, Because I can't really hear my neighbors, but it could just be that they're quiet neighbors. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, maybe when I play music somewhat loudly, they can just hear it the whole time. They're like, this dude's butt nugget. (laughs) But... I don't know. 
I did one horrible neighbor thing accidentally oh, no. that I'm sure my neighbors heard, and I feel horrible about it still. Because this was back at, gosh, it was back at Christmas time. So I, I think we've talked about this before, possibly, I don't think on the podcast, but I, it takes a lot to wake me up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, at some point throughout college developed the ability to shut off alarms in my sleep. So I need an alarm to be loud. So it like shocks me awake. Mm-hmm. So my alarm is very loud and plays music very loudly at kind of the maximum speaker or the maximum volume that my speakers can handle. And uh-huh. <laughs> when I went home over Christmas, I forgot to shut my alarm off. <laughs> and I came back and saw it and I immediately was like, "Oh no." Because my alarm, if you don't shut it off, it plays for like 30 minutes before automatically oh, shutting no. off. 30 minutes. It's at least 20 or 30 minutes. That's absurd. And my alarm starts going off at like 540 every morning. Mm-hmm. And so I came back and I'm just like slightly horrified that one of my one or all of my neighbors just all of Christmas <laughs> was woken up at 540 by. And the other thing is my alarm is trash music mm-hmm. like the song that my alarm starts with is white and nerdy by weird al <laughs> and then it, it just goes downhill from there yeah and so <laughs> ever since then i've just been kind of paranoid about it and like whenever i wake up in the morning i like shut it off as quickly as possible there's no like oh maybe i should shut it off Maybe I'll just wait here for 10 seconds. No, it's like, I'm shutting it off right away because I feel like a horrible person. I mean, that makes it more effective, I would assume. It does. It's good. <laughs> it's just that, like, there's a lot of guilt attached to it, which I don't yeah. particularly like. That's fair. Well, this is, did you awkwardly bake everybody cookies or something and then just leave them at their door with notes that said, in case my alarm went off, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I really wish I'd done that. But it's never no, too late. Put, your, put together some elementary school level <laughs> Valentine's Day bags. <laughs> Maybe I should do that, but I probably won't. I know. Because it, I just feel so like bad about it because at one point during college, there was one break where I had the same alarm and I forgot to shut it off. And there mm-hmm. was an international student who was living next to me who, thank God he was an RA. So on the first day of break, when my alarm woke him up at 530... He just, like, used his keys and, like, got into my room and shut it off for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, in that instance, I felt super awkward and bad about it. And now it's like they had no power over this. It was just they were stuck with it for all of, like, the couple days before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And, like, there's nothing they could do about it. Uh, well... That's that's apartment life, I guess, on both ends. Yeah, trying to be a somewhat decent neighbor and hopefully doing an all right job at it. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't get any, like, passive-aggressive notes on your door, how bad could it be? Yeah, true. That's a good point. 
Yeah. I don't know if people here are very passive aggressive though, so I don't know if that would have happened. Hmm. Well, I thought that we discussed earlier that everybody in Illinois just kind of doesn't like you being there. So maybe well, things yeah, have improved. But they don't seem very passive aggressive about it. They just can seem kind of <laughs> straight up aggressive about it. Okay. As everyone's middle finger tells me while I'm driving. Well, since there was no property damaged under your apartment, I guess <laughs> things are fine. <laughs> As my door was not vandalized, yeah, it exactly. must be fine. Exactly. Uh, so what'd you do for your birthday? I know that we should probably move on, but I need to ask you that anyway. Um, I spent most of the day relaxing, and okay. then for dinner, I cooked myself a massive steak dinner, and it was amazing. Until nice. afterwards, when I felt horribly sick because I ate way too much food. <laughs> um, yeah, because in the after, so I relaxed kind of. I just like chilled out the whole morning, which was great. And then in the afternoon, I went and I was looking online to find like a good like butcher shop or like meat market or something that had like good meat. And so I found one that was, but it was like a bit of a ways away because most of the other ones close to me are closed Um, or like they don't have very good hours. And so the time of day that I was looking, they weren't open. Okay. Um. And so then I ended up going to a place that was like 30 minutes away from me. So that was a big adventure in my afternoon. And then I went shopping to get other ingredients for my dinner and then spent the first part of the evening cooking my delicious dinner. And then I ate it. And then I laid around my apartment because I felt horribly sick from my like almost 20 ounce steak <laughs> well that sounds like a reasonably good birthday it was great oh, i i had a couple like my family called me and stuff and mm-hmm. like my mom and dad it seemed like they felt kind of bad that i was spending my birthday alone sure but honestly i'm one of those people who i'm fairly comfortable being alone most of the time and on my birthday like, because I made it kind of a treat yourself sort of day, mm-hmm. where I just kind of did whatever I felt like, it was great. It probably helped that it was a Sunday, too. Yeah. Because I remember my birthday that I spent in San Diego as an intern. So, A, I was an intern. So, I just, like, you know, I didn't know the area. I didn't really feel comfortable even, like, doing that much where I was staying. Yeah. So, I went. What did I do? Well, I had to work. And then I, I think I had Subway for dinner and got Cold Stone and then Skyped to my parents. Mm. It was a little underwhelming. It was also my 21st birthday. <laughs> oh no, I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, at that time I didn't have any intention of drinking at all. Like there wasn't, that wasn't yeah. even the issue. It was more just like, you know, an arbitrary milestone would have been nice to have some people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Or a person. Yeah, that too. More than yeah. more than just Ashley at Coldstone. <laughs> Is that actually what her name was? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, wow, Ashley really made an impression if you still remember her name. <laughs> uh, nope. Doubt I even said that it was my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, shall we? 
Yeah, we probably should get rolling here. Okay, we got Ink Pen by Phil Dunlap. And we have uh, two superheroes. One looks much younger, sidekick level. Uh, the more robust hero to his right is looking a bit dismissively at the uh, sidekick. And we see coming out of the sidekick's wrist a strand of web going thwip. And he says, look, I got web shooters just like Spider-Man. And as he zips up out of frame, he says, with great power comes great responsibility. And then the next frame, we just see snap. And in the final frame, we just see the uh, some cartoonish puffs of smoke floating up from the uh, upright feet of the sidekick. The only thing in frame, as the older hero says, with great stupidity comes great hospital bills. So, Grant, how'd you hurt yourself recently? That's not why I chose this comic. <laughs> but now that you're saying that, I'm trying to think of a way that I've hurt myself recently accidentally. <laughs> I stubbed my toe the other day. No, oh, no. But that wasn't too bad. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, oh, at work, I almost tripped on, or I did trip and almost fell on a completely flat and smooth piece of floor. Ah, oh, classic. Um, and one of my co-workers who sits very close to me saw me do so and immediately yelled, Grant, how do you trip on flat flooring? <laughs> I got big feet, sir. And yeah, so <laughs> I, I felt kind of, hey, I got pretty big feet. No, you I don't. don't. What do you mean I don't? You don't know what size feet I have. I'm guessing. Me, Mark. I'm guessing that they are not that large compared to your size. What size shoe do you wear, Grant? Twelve, bro. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fight me. I wear a fourteen. <laughs> I'm going to bleep that entire phrase. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how I got back at you by making you do more work in the edit. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, what? Why'd you pick this comic? <laughs> <laughs> so I chose this comic because it got me thinking about. It's not a phrase that's said in the comic, but it's close. Is the idea of the burden of responsibility as opposed to kind of the the freedom of responsibility? Because for both of us right now. I feel like it's something that I've been really noticing in my life is how since graduating college and becoming quote unquote real adults question mark, um, I have a lot more freedom in my life, but along with that, there's a lot more responsibility. And so I just kind of wanted to hear from you how kind of mostly do you feel like responsibility is much of a burden in your life at this point or is it more of like responsibility has allowed you to have a fun amount of freedom well you've caught me at a crossroads in in uh 
light of the fact that I just moved into an apartment, had to drop, you know, a yeah. couple thousand dollars to do so and set up all the utilities and do all this sort of stuff. So, you know, in the moment I could do with a little less responsibility in my life, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. In, in general, I don't know. It's hard for me to say like, uh, like college for me felt like this sort of sweet spot of <laughs> responsibility mm-hmm. versus freedom. I I very much agree with that. Yeah, and now I'm just sort of on the other side of that equation trying to sort it all out and and take advantage of the freedom that I know that I have even if I didn't necessarily want it right away. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's probably where it comes down to. It's like there are definitely a lot of people who are fiercely independent people and mm-hmm. want all the freedom that they can get and make use of it very well and Right now, I'm not one of those people. I'm not sure if I'm exactly wired that way. And I'm trying to make use of the free time and other sorts of freedom that I have uh, kind of responsibly. Yep. Uh, and I think that I'm, you know, I'm le- I've been learning how to do it better. And I don't know, it, it just sort of depends. Like, in, in the same way, having this apartment makes me feel a lot better that I'm not... You know, I'm not living with the person that I'm renting from. I can be like, oh, this is more like my kitchen and this is my bathroom. And this is my room mm-hmm. and I can just do stuff with it and not really have to worry about it as much. So I do like that feeling. Um, but yeah, I don't. It is kind of it is a weird balance. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think? What are you feeling right now? It's something that I've been struggling with, to be completely honest. Because I think much like you, I feel like during college, I was in a very nice sweet spot of having a ton of freedom, but also not really having too much responsibility to the point Mm -hmm. where it was like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this. But now since graduating, it's the kind of pendulum is swung towards having a lot of responsibility and feeling like I don't know how to utilize all this freedom that I've been given in amongst all that responsibility. Yeah. And And so so I've been struggling with trying to figure out how to utilize the responsibility and how to, um, use or not utilize the responsibility utilize all the freedom that i have and use it to kind of improve my life as much as possible so that the responsibility of everything doesn't keep kind of dragging me down in a sense Mm. yeah because i guess like when i'm thinking about it uh, you know my direct comparison is uh well i don't know i guess hmm, i'm trying to think yeah, because really senior year did feel like this good mix of I was living in an apartment with my friend, so I didn't have to worry about the things that I had to worry about as a CA. Mm-hmm. But also just like, you know, going to class and stuff, it was easier to do. Like things were a bit more uh, focused and I had I felt like I had more control over my time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, barring the fact that you're paying a lot to be there. <laughs> yeah, know, that's a big difference, but. You know, precisely because you were paying to be there, that in a sense gave you more freedom. Nobody cared if you showed up. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if I decided that I wanted to skip some lectures just because it wasn't helpful and I could do things on my own, cool, I got that time back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can't do that now at all. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) You can't just decide that work isn't going to be very productive for me today, so I'm not going to show up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. That is sort of the interplay that is, you know, that I'm still trying to figure out or just trying to adjust to. Mm Is that, hey, I need to be in this place every day, no matter what you know, doing work or pretending to do work, whatever ends up happening. Oh, gosh. Uh, the second part of that phrase really gets me. <laughs> everybody everybody knows how that is. That'll be a whole nother episode here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, and then it's like, and then I come home and then I, like, have, I still have a bunch of free time precisely because I don't, like, in college it was, oh, you got home from your day, but you still had some things to do. You had the freedom to choose when to do it but you still had to do it and mm-hmm. now it's well i don't have anything to do like anything that i have to do mm-hmm. other than the things that i tell myself that i have to do like i tell myself oh we have to do this podcast every week because we just made an agreement that we're going to do this podcast every week yeah you know but it's something that we've given ourselves to do uh and, and that's kind of the big difference yeah I that definitely resonates with me a lot because in my life I notice I have a lot of time after work but I catch myself really wasting that time a lot mm-hmm. and I don't really exactly know why because I feel like I feel like in college I had a lot more of a schedule in that I had to be here at this time here at this time here at this time and here at this time Whereas now it's just like I got eight thirty to four or eight to five where it's like I gotta be at this place at these times. And now that I have so much more freedom outside of my work day, it's like I don't know how to utilize the time because there's not much structure to it. It's like I get home from work and I eat dinner and then all of the next steps are up to me. And at times I notice I catch myself just like laying on the couch all night, texting people or just like relaxing and like watching a movie or something rather than like doing the dishes or doing my laundry or tidying up my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at times it feels like I'm I'm wasting the freedom that the extra responsibility has allowed me to have. Yeah. And for me, it's, I think the big thing for me is not so much the little day-to-day things. Granted, I I, uh, haven't been in this apartment very long. I didn't need to worry about it too much where I was before. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my job to do so. Uh, So I don't, I don't know exactly how I'll deal with general cleaning and everything around here. But the big thing for me is like, I always felt like in college, you know, I if I decided to take a break that I deserved it because mm-hmm. I got the stuff done that I needed to get done. But now yep. it's I decide the stuff that I need to get done. Mm-hmm. And if it's not well defined, then I feel like I'm either wasting time or that I didn't don't deserve the break that I'm allowing myself to take. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of the difficult thing there. 
Yeah, that's that's a very good point, and you just articulated something that it was something that I was feeling, but I didn't know how to articulate it, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And there's a real difference between having kind of outside factors decide your sort of to-do list mm-hmm. and that allowing you the freedom to be able to say, hey, I deserve a break now. Whereas when it's you deciding the to-do list, at least for me, I find it a lot harder to justify taking breaks and relaxing when I'm the one making the to-do list. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, you want to, you know, you want to feel like you're getting stuff done and growing now. Because in college mm-hmm. and before in school, all you're doing is you know that you're learning stuff, that you're growing. Like, it's very easy to be like, two years ago, I didn't know this thing. Now I know it very well. And I, yeah. it, back then, I couldn't even comprehend that it was possible to know this in this mm-hmm. way. Uh, but now it's like, I don't know. What am I, you know, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. And there are things that I care about learning, but it's a matter of uh, switching from the comp- from the almost complete external motivation that school felt like to me mm-hmm. to a more internal motivation. Because that's the thing. There are some people who don't feel externally motivated by school and also don't have internal motivation enough. But I still felt like so much of school was not like it was me being very... Uh, I don't know, feeling very in tune with the external motivation and mm-hmm. not having that feels kind of weird. It's a weird adjustment for me. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, f- I, I know for me the solution is just thinking about projects that I want to do, things that I want to learn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been trying to do some longer, like little research writing projects for myself and uh, a couple of days ago, I started going back through a computer science book that I had tried to start in college, but in you know couldn't really find the time to do because mm-hmm. college. Uh, and, and so that's the that's the tough thing is throughout college there are a lot of things that I wanted to do that I never did, and now that I have the time, I feel overwhelmed by the amount of things that I want to try and do. I think during college I felt very similarly to you in that. I had all these things that I wanted to do, but not enough time to do them. And now that I'm out of college, I'm having a hard time motivating myself to do all the things that I told myself I wanted to do, but didn't have the time for. Hmm. And I don't know. I'm still trying to find where that motivation is going to come from to do all these things that I told myself I wanted to do. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like I have so many things now that should come before those that it's really easy to say, okay, no, I need to do thing X, Y, and Z before I can do the thing that I really want to do of learning this or that. And so at times I feel like the responsibility of adulthood is still kind of holding me back from all of these little sorts of things that I really want to do or learn about. Sure. Hmm. I don't know. 
it's it's just a struggle and it's it's all about trying to find a balance i feel like and it's a balance that i'm still working on finding well yeah and yeah, i guess I, I mean that's the thing it takes time to uh figure out how to uh, just sort of reorganize your life you know <laughs> it's such a for both of us it's a very big change yeah. And there's a lot to sort through. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And at times I feel like, wow, I don't have a lot of things to sort through as some people my age do, or as many things to sort through as some people my age do. And it's like, Grant, you should be able to sort these things out and, like, lickety-split, but... Yeah, well, it's not always know. how it works. Nope. That's never how the real world works. <laughs> That's one thing that I've learned since graduating college. Uh, that's right. Things they don't teach you in college. Oh, that's a whole other podcast episode. We've got two episodes planned from this one episode. Wowzers. Okay, well, shall we? I think we should be moving on to your comic. All right, Ooh. go for it. So for this week, Mark's comic is Rubes. By Lee Rubin. There appears to be two cave people in this comic, both with a large amount of facial hair and some long hair. One of them is stroking their beard to speaking to another one who's bending down to maybe being tying his shoelace. I don't know. And the comic is captioned. Very forward thinking, but is there a market for it? Oh, I see. It makes sense now. The second caveman doesn't have shoes on, but he has shoelaces tied in bows around his ankles. Yep. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense now. Now it's funny. At first I was like, what the heck is this comic? Well, I was waiting for the description of, so you described it as, as if you were bending down to tie his shoelaces. Like, huh, yeah, really? (laughs) Well, because I was thrown off, I was like, he has shoelaces, but no shoes. So I was like, I'm just going to skip to reading the caption, and hopefully it makes more sense then. (sighs) And then it did. What a roller coaster ride the listener has just been on. (laughs) The listeners probably vomited from that roller coaster ride. It was probably so intense. (laughs) I guess my what I was thinking of I was thinking of a few things none none of them are very fully formed thoughts Uh, but I was wondering what your thoughts are today about both just marketing in general and the sort of I guess the sort of products that come out sort of aimed at specific markets like us or like high schoolers or whatever I feel like there's a lot of weird direct marketing and weird products uh, now compared to, like, even just when we were in high school. Do you have a specific example you're thinking of right now? I'm trying to focus my... I don't know. Because when I think of marketing to certain groups of consumers, the thing that immediately pops into my head is, like, tobacco marketing to young people and i know Mm. that's not what you're talking about 
Well, I mean, you can feel like, what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm open to any suggestions. <laughs> well, just the way that in recent years, certain tobacco products, primarily like vaping and stuff, have been marketed so dominantly to young people. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that companies know that this is very effective and being their product is addictive, that's the wisest consumer group to market to. Yeah. And so it makes a lot of sense on why they're doing it, but it's also kind of crappy that they're doing it. I mean, it's the same sort of thing where, you know, for a while, you know, the, the, the thing with marketing is always just the tactic of attack the people who can. <coughs> Hello. Sorry. Do you have some water with you? Water was the problem. <coughs> oh. I tried to drink water with my lungs, Mark. You're not a fish, Grant. What are you doing? I know that, but for a second I thought I was. <laughs> I learned that tonight that I am not Aquaman. <laughs> uh. Nice. <laughs> Sorry about that. What were you That's saying, okay. Mark? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. Uh, okay, this is what I was saying. Is that the uh, the whole tactic with marketing is always to not not necessarily market to the people who can spend the money, but market to the people who can get the people with money to spend money. Yes. So for a long time it was, okay, attack all the housewives. Yep. And then when housewives became less of a thing, it was, okay, target the kids. <laughs> Yep. You know, and that's, you know, I mean, A, this is just one of the big reasons that just a lot of business and especially marketing just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I just don't Mm -hmm. like it. Uh, It's just so predatory in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And uh, I just, yeah, that just always bothers me. But B, it's like you know like they're not wrong in a weird sense marketing is you know probably responsible for a lot of uh popular yet true sociological information about people Mm -hmm. whether it's you know actual studies or not but you know marketing learns a lot about how people broadly interact because i don't know if Everybody thinks this way, but I like to, you know, I like to pretend that marketing doesn't affect me very strongly. But you know it does. And I know it does, but it's hard for me to pinpoint what pieces of marketing do. Mm-hmm. And that's the tough part, is any specific, especially just products, I see marketed, I'm like, what? I don't, yeah, that doesn't, I don't, I don't feel the connection that other people say. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. But I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff out there that I just can't place my finger on that does, and I'm just not aware of it. I know this isn't exactly getting to what you're thinking of, but when you were talking there, it was just starting to make me think of the fact that marketing has led to a lot of, I feel like a lot of somewhat interesting studies about human behavior and just kind of interesting correlations in life and it was making me think of a episode of oh gosh i'm not even gonna remember what tv show it was 
but it taught the the episode of the show discussed the fact that at some point I don't even know if this was a real study or not it felt real but maybe it was just a lie fabricated for the TV show that there was some sort of study that found that at gas stations the two products when placed next to each other that sold the best were diapers and beer (laughs) because husbands would be told to go out and get diapers and they would have a newborn child so they'd be like yo i need some beer too Mm -hmm. and it could be a total fabrication but just like bizarre studies like that where it's it just is it's the type of things that without the need to sell goods no one would have done a study that would have resulted in something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm always interested in the, some of the broader stuff. Like, one of the one thing that I always remember is the... I don't know what the technical term is, but essentially the idea that you only include a medium size to upsell people to a large. That if... You just have a small and a large. Most people go for a small. But if you have a medium, that's pretty kind of a little bit closer to the large. It makes the large look like a much bigger, a much better deal. And a lot of people will just go for the large. I've never heard of that. But now that you're saying that, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of having some in-between option that itself doesn't seem that like compared to the small, it doesn't seem like a great deal but compared to the large the large seems like a much better deal yeah even if you keep keep all the prices the same exactly the Mm -hmm. same but you just toss in a middle option the large will sell a lot better it's just that like step of the ladder that makes people think that oh i can go to the next one yeah exactly exactly so that's that's one of my favorites and every time i buy a medium popcorn at the movie theater i chuckle to myself ha i'm didn't get me (laughs) But also, I mean, what what I hate about most places is that they don't tell you how big anything actually is. Oh, yeah. So you can't actually do any sort of price comparison. It's impossible. All you can do is just gauge with your eyes how much volume a certain popcorn container holds, which is impossible to do. Nobody's good at that. You know, that's why I only enjoy I only enjoy doing that sort of stuff at uh, with pizza because pizza <laughs> math is very easy to do. Oh my gosh! You just you just square the square the <laughs> radius of the pizza, and that's how you can directly compare how much pizza is in, is in between two pizzas, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm just laughing at the fact that you do way more math when getting pizza than 99.9 percent of Americans. But like, this is the sort of thing. This is how you learn that there's like. There's if you buy two 12-inch pizzas, right? Mm-hmm. If it's less expensive than buying one, or well, it sort of depends on the math. But there's more pizza in one 18-inch pizza than there is in two 12-inch pizzas. Yeah, right. Just little things like that that make it very easy to direct, like very easy to compare. Just like if you're sitting there and you're like, "Oh, should I buy this large bag of blah versus the small bag of blah?" You can just very quickly just do like, okay, how much, like what's the weight or the volume of it? You know, that's easy to find on the package. And then you just divide it by the price and compare what the price per uh, ounce or whatever is. And you can just pick the one that's bigger if it's going to be something that you're going to use a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do that all the time. 
And with pizza, it's just particularly fun. But then very frustrating when they don't tell you the inch measurement. Oh, no. I Can know. you ask? Uh, you could. So you don't? No. <laughs> You're not that annoying of a person? No, no. Not normally. Yeah, I don't know. I just always think that, yeah, that that medium thing is always interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting to see places that give you a good deal versus just package things together but don't actually improve the deal at all. But just do some sort of trick to make it seem like a good deal. Yeah. That's always the that's always the trick. That's what a lot of marketing is. It's making you feel like you're getting a good deal while still ripping you off. Yeah, well, that's what good marketing is, isn't it? Uh, it sort of depends. I suppose it depends on what level of marketing you're talking about. Because sometimes it's just brand awareness. Yeah. Like if I think of like when I think of Apple and any commercial that I've ever seen, all it is is just brand awareness. There's never any information at all about anything in the product. It's just Apple's cool, dude. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that's it. Well, okay. Because emotions resonate more with most people than specs do with the average consumer. So, and that's why that's the thing. That's why I feel like, you know, sometimes sort of smug. It's like, but none of that doesn't doesn't matter to me. You know, <laughs> like Mark, you can tell me that being cool matters. 